to Backwards Sports, presented by Hook and Real Apparel. Who says you can't fish in style? Tell them to bring me my money. Yeah. What is up, guys? You are listening to Backwards Sports. I'm Us Medeiros, sitting here with Justin Clark. We aren't in person today. We aren't doing a Facebook Live. We're just, just sending it on the phones through the audios. And Justin, boy, do we have some, some stuff to go over this week. From Jamie Newman sure opting do. out to... Chase Elliott going to the wall at Darlington again. To Leonard Fournette joining Tampa Bay. We just, the list just goes on and on. So let's go ahead and get it started with, with the big news of Jamie Newman, the Wake Forest transfer from Georgia. The potential starter in Athens this year has opted out of the 2020 season due to um, COVID 19. It's a big break, George. Like, big news, big break for Georgia. Like, they're having to resettle everything, have a new quarterback competition. They got JT Daniels from USC, who still hasn't even been cleared to play. He's been cleared to practice but not play. They got Dwayne Mathis, who is coming off a of brain surgery. They have a true freshman in Carson Beck, you know, sitting in the quarterback room. So it's it's the quarterback room right now at Georgia is still tough, but it, it's dwindling down and it's it's hard to see who who's gonna be the starting quarterback. So Coming into the season, everyone thought it was going to be Jamie Newman, but with the option opting out, we have no idea now what is going to happen in Athens. So, what are your what are your takes on Jamie opting out of the season? I mean, it's a crazy year all around, but I mean, I didn't expect him. I mean, he's a new new transfer. I mean, I would expect him to want to put up some sort of you know numbers this season for Georgia after transferring last year. Yeah, no, for sure, and. You'll hear it later in our interview. I had an interview earlier today with um, Mike Griffith from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He writes for Dog Nation. With JT Daniels coming into the quarterback room, and you know things aren't worse all sunshine and um, glitter with Jamie Newman from what people from the inside the organization are seeing. So do you think that could have had a play on him, you know, deciding to eventually opt out of the season two weeks before the season starts. I mean, if he didn't see that he was going to have a, you know, best starting position, I could see him, you know, opting out just so it doesn't look bad on him not getting the starting spot in Georgia. Yeah, seeing how, you know, he's going to the NFL draft, you know, trying to keep his draft side to where it was. So, but some, some big news, more big news coming out of college football is the Big Ten is looking to – Start their season around Thanksgiving, which is weird because they went from not having a season to having a season to not having a season again to starting it in November while everyone else starts. Hell, it's already pretty much started. Yeah. So the Big Ten, don't know what's going on there. Don't know if we'll actually actually see that or not. But you being a Big Ten fan, what, what, what do you think about that? I mean, I like Mr. Buckeyes football. I mean, but... I mean, you gotta think. What are they gonna play? Like a month of ball, and then go straight into bowl games? Yeah, or are they even have? How are the bowl games gonna work this year? Yeah, I don't know. So, That's gonna be a big thing. Yeah, but no. Especially for, especially for the Big Ten, I don't know how they're gonna, you know, just play a month and then <laughs> expect to even be ranked at all this year. The whole ranking system was weird this year. I don't know. Yeah, they should. I don't know if I like it or not. They should have even. Added the Pac or Pac twelve and Big Ten ratings in there. Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to play, you shouldn't be ranked. Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent agree. But college football has started back. You know, power first Power Five games have started. 
You know, you got ACC starting this weekend coming up. You got the SEC starting next weekend. So we got some big games coming up. We got Clemson Wake Forest this weekend. We got Duke Notre Dame this weekend. Notre, Notre Dame's first game in an actual conference, but it's against yeah, Duke. Big, big <laughs> yeah. Big. So a, a lot of people are picking Notre Dame to pull the upset this year and and dethrone Clemson for for the ACC championship. I mean, they've been looking good for the past what three or four years. They've been at least you know like up there and. In the in the rankings, at least, but I don't know. I mean, they've always seemed to have like a solid team when it comes to Bolton. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with with Notre Dame having a high ranking because every year Notre Dame is hyped. They are hyped every year going into bowl season. They're hyped, and then they get into the playoffs or get into whatever bowl game they're in, and they just shit the bed. So we'll see how it is this year when they're actually in in a conference. You know, Mark Rick came out and said that you know. Notre Dame isn't used to living living under the lights like they are like they're gonna have to in the ACC. So we'll come out and see about that. But moving on for college football, guys. Today is Wednesday, September 9th. That only means one thing. NFL tomorrow. is back tomorrow. By the time y'all listen to this, the Chiefs and Redskins or not Redskins. I'm sorry. The Chiefs and Texans would have already played, and y'all would know the winner. But y'all, so hyped. Football is. Back. Justin, who wins? Chiefs or Texans? I'm going Chiefs. Che- yeah. You know, I mean, it's a no doubter. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't say no doubter. Texans have a pretty good defense, pretty pretty decent offense, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, but, but, but against that Patrick Mahomes offense, I don't know. Yeah, right, right. But Which means NFL Sunday's back. We're about to have football all weekend again. Life is coming complete again. We're back. We are back. But big news in the NFL. Von Miller, towards Achilles, has to have surgery. Is out for the season. That's going to hurt that Broncos defense. Oh, yeah. It's going to be very tough to replace him. He was a big asset for the team. Yeah, huge asset, huge asset. And on top of that, you have Ryan uh, Fitzmagic, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick being named the starter in in um, Miami over Tua. And not, not a surprise to a lot of people, but a surprise to some that Tua didn't get the starting position. It doesn't surprise me. He's a rookie. I mean, I mean he got hurt last year. With Alabama, yeah. and I wouldn't—I wasn't expecting him to be, you know, back and being a full, you know, starter for Miami. I mean, I'll see him at least shadowing for maybe a year or half the season, and then maybe getting a start. Yeah, no, he gets hurt every year, so it, it doesn't surprise me. And then the biggest—oh, we'll we'll wait to get to that one. Adrian Peterson, cut by the Washington, back. Cut by the Washington Football Team. And then <laughs> that still kills me. And then signed by the Detroit Lions, who drafted a good running back this year, who had a good running back. Why would they take Adrian Peterson? I mean, he may be you know on the backside of his career, but he could still bring a little bit of depth to the you know to the running back position. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I can see that. It's good to have a it's good to have a deep running back. 
And a veteran at that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, talk about veterans been in 30 freaking years. But the biggest news, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have added another weapon to their offense in Kevin Durant at wide receiver. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Leonard Fournette has signed <laughs> with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just adding to that already stacked offense, already adding to the NFC South, that is going to be tough as freaking hell this year to win. Yeah, that's, I mean, they're just building around Brady right now. They, they're trying to get that man another ring, and no doubt about it. I mean... That and what would that be? What Tampa Bay's first Super Bowl? Back in maybe? No, they beat Oakland back in like 2000, I believe. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Back first when, time in years. Yeah, back when John Gruden was the coach. Or was it 01? Yeah, I mean, it was somewhere around there. I mean, I'm just gonna go out and say it that I I think that you know Tom Brady is the LeBron of the NFL <laughs> because I mean. When he moves someplace, players follow. Look, Gronk came out of retirement to come play with Brady again. Yeah. Just because he's not playing New England. Then you get all these other big assets, like Fournette coming over and playing for Tampa Bay. I mean, he's like the LeBron of the uh, NFL, even though he's been around longer than LeBron. <laughs> yeah, no. For, for sure, for sure. But if Brady wins, does this solidify his GOAT status? I would say yes. Yeah. In my full opinion, I would say yes. But even with the talent, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll say I'll say it would sort of fight him as a, as you know. I mean, he's already a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But for him to be the greatest of all time, I mean, I, I mean, it helps. It helps the case. Yeah. No, I, I I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. But before we move on from football, guys. We're going to kick it over to our interview, or sorry, my interview that I had with Mike Griffith. You know, good interview. Talked all things Georgia from Jamie Newman opting out to Dominic Blaylock tearing his ACL again to what he thinks his offense is going to look like this year. And he even gave his prediction on if Georgia will win the SEC or not this year. So, guys, let's kick it over to our interview with Mike Griffith. What is up, guys? You are listening to Back Row Sports. We are here today with a very special guest. We are here with Mike Griffith from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Mike, how are you doing today? Doing great, Wes. Thanks. So, for the listeners that don't know you, give us a little bit about yourself. Wow. Well, I've been a sports writer for a while, but our connection is the military. You know, I got out of high school, and like a lot of other guys, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. So I joined the service, and, you know, the 82nd Airborne was something that attracted me, the idea of parachuting and and doing something special and serving my country and getting college money seemed like a good way to spend the next three years, and uh, I wouldn't trade them for anything. Honestly, Wes, I learned a lot about motivation and a lot of job skills that and discipline that I thought really gave me a uh, competitive advantage, I think served me well to this day. Certainly proud to serve the country. So I'd say that's something about me that I'm really proud of. And, you know, when uh, other veterans are around me, I certainly want to thank them. And I always appreciate uh, the mutual respect that we have. It's kind of a brotherhood. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So you cover anything and all things, Georgia. You covered Tennessee before Coming over to to the good side, to the the Georgia side. So, 
how long what sparked your interest in going into uh, sports journalism I always liked sports. I played sports in high school, and um, I, I'd always enjoyed it. Even you know, when I was in the military, you know, we, we had some time. Believe it or not, the mornings we played some pretty serious ball, <laughs> beat the post team one year. I've always liked playing sports. Always enjoyed it. Comfortable around it. Comfortable around other athletes. And then after serving, I mean, I met people from all walks of life and backgrounds. And gosh, Russ, I could probably talk to a wall. <laughs> so it was easy for me to talk sports with anyone. And uh, I was fortunate to get a job when I was in college working at the newspaper in Lansing, Michigan. I just kind of worked my way up in the ranks and realized I could make a career out of it. All right. So I'm sure you've been asked this question a lot. You know, I listened to an interview the other day on the uh, Saturday Down South podcast. One of my favorite podcasts. Love those guys. But um, the um, Jamie Newman opting out, how, how do you think that's going to affect, you know, Georgia and moving on to the season and um, – who do you think is the front runner right now to um, start this season? Well, I mean, it's one less guy with experience in the quarterback room, you know, and when you're looking at a 10 game SEC season, that's tough. I think there was only four out of 14 teams last year in the league that started the same quarterback in all their games. And now you're looking at a 10 game SEC season more physical. So that that's tough. But you know, the mindset of Kirby Smart and George is they move on. I mean, they just, nobody's looking back over their shoulder. Nobody's feeling sorry. I mean, it, it was what it was. Jamie came, competed, uh, felt like he needed to opt out to improve his draft stock rather than stay on the team. It's kind of telegraphed that JT Daniels was going to pass him by. And, you know, really, Wes, when, when Georgia signed JT in May, that's kind of a red flag, right? And you, you don't go out and get the five-star former USC quarterback in May if you feel good about what you got. And that five-star former USC quarterback's not coming here if you feel good about what you got. He's going to go to a situation where he can play right away. So the writing was kind of on the wall that maybe things weren't working out with Jamie Newman as well as hoped. And, and to be fair to Jamie Newman and just the situation in general, the guy didn't get spring football. I mean, he came to Georgia to learn a pro-style offense, and, and that opportunity was damaged greatly uh, by the COVID-19 restrictions. So I, I don't think it was what Jamie bargained for, and maybe Georgia you know, wasn't seeing the things that they thought they bargained for with Jamie Newman as far as his ability to fit into the offense. It's, it's not one size fits all, and all you got to do is watch college football and see that all these offenses are different from one another. And, you know, coaches jobs are to try and uh, build their offense around a player or recruit a player they feel fits into their offense so you just got to look at it as a a relationship that didn't work out right it was a mutual party and uh, they decided that JT Daniels was probably better suited and I'd say that uh, Jamie probably saw the writing on the wall so that that's how I see it shaking out moving forward so do you do you think if I'm getting this right do you think that the um Adding adding Jamie Daniels to the um, to the roster kind of kind of pushed Jamie Newman to opt out of the season. I think it was a factor. You know, I think there was a lot of factors. You know, Jamie hurt his foot July and missed practice time. That was probably sobering. You know, you remember, wow, I can get hurt playing this game, and he wants to be drafted this year. So that was probably part of it. I'm sure that the competition with JT had something to do with it. You don't even know if you're going to keep your job, yeah. and, and then just COVID nineteen in general. I mean, those guys, they're in their own bubbles, you know. They don't have an official bubble, but their bubble is that six-foot bubble, and it really affects their lifestyle, what they can do, who they can see, where they can go, where they can eat. 
uh, gosh, I don't need to tell you all this. You're you're a military man. You know what kind of <laughs> discipline it takes. Um, you know when we're on lockdown, and, and it's like that for these players now. And, and for some of them, you know, you know, my my thing is 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 the juice worth the squeeze, right? Because you're going to have to make some sacrifices uh, when you're a student athlete, and uh, obviously for Jamie, it wasn't. No, so you know, it, it was definitely weird to see that you know. All the hype surrounding Jamie, then all of a sudden you get the news the beginning of September, you know, what, two weeks before the first game that he's often out. So now you got to try to redo the whole offense by adding, you know, whether JT Daniel is cleared to play or you have Dwayne Mathis, you know, starter or uh, Carson Beck even, you know, who could throw his name in the hat now that Jamie Newman has opted out. So... Yeah, I don't know about redoing the whole offense. I think it's. I, I think. I think the offense is going to stay the same. I, I think that they had an idea what the offense was going to be, and it was a matter of whether Jamie could fit into it or not, and how quickly could he pick it up. You know, people. Um, you know, it isn't Madden here. It isn't the Madden football game where you can just uh, grab a controller and run any offense in the game. That's that's not how real life works. Yeah. it takes time and it takes repetitions. Uh, to learn those progressions. And, you know, I, I, Wes, I kind of compare it to basketball. You know, we got point guards and we got shooting guards, right? Yep. There's some guys that we have no idea how these guys do it, but they have the court vision to anticipate and make passes uh, that, that other guys could just never see. They just can't do it, right? Yeah. Some guys can, you know, they are great you know, shooters and, and shooting guards. And, and, and Jamie Newman was a shooting guard, and the, the air raid calls for a point guard. And it, it just not everybody can. You can't. You can't explain it. You know why? Why can? Uh, why can Deshaun and, and Cam do it? Do it. Uh, but you look at some of these Ohio State quarterbacks in the past years. You know, JT Barrett. Where's he at? You know, there's just some guys that can do it. Some guys can't. You know, you can't explain. You know why some guys are better at it than others. Why was Jake Fromm more effective in the Georgia offense than? Than Jacob Eason. I mean, it's just there's a skill to it. Uh, it takes repetition. And, you know, had Jamie gone through spring, I think he'd have been a lot further ahead. I mean, good grief. Uh, the poor guy didn't even have a chance to – he played one scrimmage. He played one 11-on-11 scrimmage, and he was done. <laughs> he, he didn't have that opportunity in the spring. So yeah. then you bring in a guy like JT Daniels that, that, you know, had a full year under center at Southern Cal plus another year last year getting mental reps that played in the system for three years – at, you know, at modern day high school, you got a guy with five years of experience coming in you're competing with. So, you know, I, I don't think things change for Georgia. Like I said, it's one less experienced guy uh, in the quarterback's room. But as far as turning the upside, the offense upside down, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, no, I for sure. But, you know, you, you know better than anybody the amount of the amount of talent that you know, the offense lost over the season and then having Dominique Blaylock, you know, tear his ACL again. How, how, how do you think that's going to affect, you know, the receiver room? Because you got George Pickens and, you know, Matt Landers, but having that other guy in um, Dom- Dominique Blaylock definitely could help, you know, the younger receivers. Well, that's a great point. You know, to me, that's kind of the that, that's kind of the flashing beacon. That's kind of my. If I'm looking at something that worries me about the Georgia offense, it's the receiving core, uh, only because you know the air raid concept of balance is to spread the ball out to different players. And we hear balance. We all, you know, we all old schoolers. Well, balance means run pass ratio. Well, no, not in the air raid. In the air raid balance means spreading it out to different players. And you know, the the idea is you know, you got four or five different potential receivers on every play 
quarterback goes up there, makes the pre-snap read, having a pretty good idea which one of those four or five receiving options has the best matchup. And so, uh, but but your receivers have to be on the same page. They got to make the same read as the quarterback. Is the, is the corner, the defensive back, the guy cover him? Is he, is he playing him inside out or outside in? That's going to determine what kind of route that he runs. Do they all know the audibles? Do they all, you know, are they all aware when when JT makes the check, do they know what their hot routes are and how the plane plan changes? You know, when the quarterback anticipates a blitz and, and has to audible, does the defense know the audible? Maybe the defense shows blitz knowing the quarterback's going to audible and then they buzz the safety down into into the hot route and that leads to six i mean there's a lot of chess being played in an air raid offense and your receivers are part of the chess game they have to know what moves to make depending on how the defense aligns themselves and depending on the quarterback calls yeah especially you know the, the new offense with, with todd munkin you know everybody i would say they're having to learn a new offense but they they kind of are you know with um, yeah with you know yeah new, they are a new they are West. It's, it's new terminology and new routes uh, you know football is football but yeah I mean it's it is it's it's a new offense now they they had Zoom calls and they had time in the off season to you know to watch film but. You know, it's not the same as going out there and doing it. And so, you know, you kind of wonder, you know, just how expansive will this playbook be and, and how quick do they pick it up, right? You know, and George Pickens is a great receiver, but, you know, got to be at the right place at the right time. You mentioned Matt Landers, you know, Demetrius Robertson, he's a senior. Is he ready? Karis Jackson's a guy Kirby talks a lot about. Uh, seems pretty squared away. He's a redshirt sophomore, third-year guy in the program. You mentioned Matt Landers, hearing a lot of people saying he's having a good fall. Uh, he needs it. Um, you know, to this point, it's like Tommy Bush back healthy. He's a former Under Armour All-American. And then all the freshmen. You, you know, you mentioned Blaylock being out, but Jermaine Burton is a guy a lot of people are high on. Justin Robinson, you know, kid there from Eagles Landing. You know, what a powerhouse program. He's turned some heads, right? Marcus Roseme from St. Thomas Aquinas down there in Fort Lauderdale. Comes from a high-profile program. So there's a lot of candidates. Um, recently, Trey McKitty, the grad transfer from Florida State, learned that he would have to have Arthur's knee surgery um, not sure how long trail be out usually that's or excuse yeah three or five weeks typically so you hope that Darnell Washington the true freshman from Vegas there's a lot of options um, but to your point Wes not a lot of them are proven yeah no and, and it's with I mean I'm pretty sure we have there's what two returning quote-unquote starters from the offense I believe coming back this season if, I, if I'm not mistaken so revamping that offense, new offense coordinator, it's going to be fun, but Zamir White came out and said that, you know, Georgia's RBU, he wants to continue that tradition. Do you think with his air raid offense that Georgia can still continue to to be uh, RBU? Yeah, I do. You know, I think sometimes when you get into a spread offense, it creates a lot of space for your back and um, gives them ability to make plays. Now, the question is, is does it fit into Zamir White? You know, I think Zamir is kind of a downhill between the tackles uh, Adrian Peterson kind of guy that I want to line up at deep deep in the eye and you know hit the line at 100 miles an hour but he's really having to uh, change his game and, and learn how to play out in space and catch the football and in the long run this will serve him well uh, but it's not what he was recruited to right? he was recruited to play behind the, you know, the great wall with those 330 pound guys in that yeah. downhill game George used to have I think James Cook and and, uh, and Kenny McIntosh are probably the two big benefactors I think they both fit the scheme really well when I think about a single back shotgun look a guy 
that can run or catch it equally good, run good routes, good in pass protection. Um, so I do think you can maintain that RBU status, but it's going to require a little bit different running back, and it's going to take a well-rounded guy. So I think Zamir right now is in the process of, uh, you know, really trying to brush up his skills as a receiver and a route runner, um, you know, because I think he's proven he can run between the tackles. Yeah, it's definitely going to be fun. You know, as Georgia fans, we're so used to having that that thunder and lightning, you know, the Michelle Chubb you yeah. know, comparison. But <clears throat> moving on, so we have um, – there is – I'm sorry, a receiver that just committed yesterday, I believe, from Central. You know, Jackson Meeks, you know, 30 minutes from me, not far. I've seen him play a couple times. You know, three-star coming in in the class of 2021. Have you had the, the chance to um, – See him play any or watch any of his highlights? No, not not yet. I've really had my head in fall camp. You know, recruiting the Georgias, it's kind of its own specialty. You know, guys like you that follow it closely probably know more about it than me. You know, because I'm 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 just trying to figure out what Kirby's doing on the depth chart and you know, trying to keep up with some of these opponents Georgia plays. And honestly, things are so specialized now. And probably a lot of your podcast listeners probably know more about it than I do. You know, <laughs> these guys that follow recruiting know so much more about it, have a chance to maybe see the guy play in person, right? Yeah. Well, he's not a signee yet. So, you know, once they become signees, I kind of, I kind of dive in the water head first on him and say, okay, who's this guy coming here? But up until then, it's it's kind of a bit of a guessing game. Every now and then, these guys will decommit or change their mind or flip, and you go, wow, there's there's six or eight hours I can't have back. <laughs> so uh, I kind of keep an eye on it, you know, like, okay, that looks pretty good. I've seen Georgia creeping up in the recruiting rankings, and doesn't surprise me, right? doesn't surprise me. It's what Georgia does well. they got a lot to offer. Yeah, no, for sure. But so last two questions we'll get at Um Week one, who will be starting under center week one for, for Kirby and the Dogs? Which position? Quarterback, sorry. Probably JT Daniels if his knee's cleared, you know, if he's cleared. But, you know, this is a game where you're going to want to play. You're going to want to play more than one guy. I mean, here, here's the dilemma if you're Kirby. you got a four-game stretch after Arkansas where you play Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama, and Kentucky. How long do you leave your starter in there? Because there's two different mindsets here. You want to give them as many game reps as you can get, but you also want to get these guys behind them some repetitions in case something happens. Yeah, especially playing Bama in week four. Yeah, (laughs) Juan Mathis hasn't played in a college game. Carson Beck hasn't played in a college game. So you kind of want to get these guys' feet wet. And uh, I think it'll be like what we saw. Uh, You know, maybe you see um, JT for two or three quarters. And then, you know, you bring the other guys in to get some snaps. And, you know, Kirby's not going to take any chances. There's just, to, to win it all, there's just not much of margin for error. We saw that last year, you know, that South Carolina game. You just you can't turn the ball over four times and miss two field goals and beat anybody. And yeah. they need to play well at Arkansas. It's a road game that's going to be different without many fans there. And um, So I, I think you'll see JT probably two or three quarters provided he gets clearance. Now, he's, he's been cleared to practice. <laughs> But uh, he has not been cleared for games, so that's something that we'll keep an eye on. Yeah. Do you, do you know how, how close he is to being cleared to play, or that hasn't, like, come up any that you know of? Well, I mean, Kirby says he anticipates it. You know, if Kirby says he assumes it'll be cleared, I, I would think he's pretty close. But, you know, again, that's that's that type of medical information, uh, you know, they, they don't go too far. But Kirby did say he expected him to be, or he, I think he said he assumed he would be. But, you know, until Ron Corson, um, you know, makes the call, I mean, you just never know. Yeah, no, I would definitely love to have another another five star playing quarterback for Ed Georgia, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> so, last question: 
Does Georgia pull it out and win the SEC this year? Yeah, boy, that's, that's a tough one, you know, because this is a front-loaded schedule. Yeah. You know, the, the tough part is it, it's not like these games are spread out. You know, they just it, it'd be great if you could mix in Missouri or Mississippi State or Vanderbilt <laughs> in the first six or seven weeks, but instead you play six of the top seven teams, you know, before you can get to the second week in November. So, you know, I think they win the East. I do. I, I Just because I like what they have on defense. You know, I, I think their defense is so good. Oh, and you know, Florida wasn't really able to do much against him last time and so I'm kind of like well why do I think Florida's going to do more against him this year if George brings all these guys back and Florida lost their running back and three or four senior receivers I don't trust is in his second year but um, all things being equal I, I think the offense is at least going to be efficient you know a lot of people like to you know bust on last year's offense but really other than the you know, the South Carolina game. I mean, Kentucky, it's a torrential downpour. Nothing was going to look good that night. Yeah. Missouri, kind of rainy. Texas a and those were kind of cold, rainy nights. Not to make excuses, but that's just, you know, that's just not what Georgia's, you know, their Southern team, right? Yeah. Um, they, they were able to run the ball well. I think they were fourth in the league. As long as you're efficient and not turning the ball over, when you got a defense like this, it's going to be tough for teams to beat you. So I think they'll win the East and uh, play in the SEC Championship game as far as whether or not they win we got to see where they're at (laughs) last year if i would have told you ahead of time that that uh georgia was going to play the sec championship game and not have lawrence cager deandre swift or george pickens uh you told me they had no chance yeah well that's exactly what happened (laughs) swift gets injured against georgia tech lawrence cager gets injured the week of the georgia tech game and george pickens is suspended for the first half you know if you turn it around and all those guys are healthy, and LSU doesn't have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Jamar Chase, or or uh, Terrence Marshall. You know, maybe it's a completely different game. But the fact of the matter is, is you know, your health has everything to do with it. And we'll have to see where Georgia's at. You know, we'll have to see if the you know the defensive stars. You know, Richie LeCount, you know, pretty important guy at safety. Monty Rice, inside linebacker. Jordan Davis, uh, Trevon Walker. You got some guys there that can't be replaced offensively. The quarterback position we just talked about. If anything happens to JT Daniels, you've got a first-year guy in there. Yeah. Um, you know, the running back spot, James Cook. I mean, he's you know he's probably the probably the most irreplaceable guy uh, on offense outside of the quarterback position, just because of his versatility and explosive out in the open field you know Pickens obviously an important guy so uh, I'll pick him to win the East but you know I, I, I take a rain check on picking the SEC championship game right now you know, I'll come back to that question at a later date <laughs> that's fair that's a fair but I appreciate that uh, so Mike I thank you again for, for joining us you know and giving us a little bit of insight on um, the Georgia season you know a lot of the people that listen to us you know are from here in Columbus you know a lot of them um, a lot of Georgia fans listen. A lot of Auburn, Alabama fans listen. So just thank you for giving us that that insight on the the 2020 season. That, that's oh man, it's great. I, I appreciate you calling me, man. Are you, <laughs> now you're going to head out to Victory Drive tonight, Wes? Oh no, <laughs> not tonight. I'll, too much COVID going on. <laughs> <laughs> no man, thanks for your service. Anytime, Wes. All right, thank you too. You have a good one. All right, you too. All right, thank bye. You. All right, bye bye. All right, guys, so that was our interview with Mike Griffith. Like I said, 
Great interview. Great guy to talk to. We bonded even before we even had the interview. Former 82nd guy, just like myself. Good interview. Glad we were able to get him on. Hopefully we can get him on at a later date, closer to the SEC Championship maybe, so he can actually give us that prediction that he wouldn't give us on this past interview. But as y'all know, if y'all have been following the show the past couple episodes, me and Justin, huge Chase Elliott fans. So, huge. Huge. The playoff races have started. They started last week, last Sunday at Darlington. The round of 16, winner automatically advances to the round of 12. Guys, I don't even know how to put this. How is it the second race in a row at Darlington? Chase has a, has a chance to win it and gets put into the wall again. I don't even know what they're... I don't know, man. That race had me so heated. Like, the... Truex is spotted. Like, so for those of y'all that don't know, Truex, Martin Truex Jr. and Chase Elliott were fighting for the... for the top spot. We're fighting for the first place. And... With 20, 20 to go. Yeah. And Truex came up the inside, passed him, and I guess he thought he was clear. His spotter told him he wasn't clear. And still decided to come up and clip Chase Chase's uh, left front end, which put him in, put them both into the wall. Not Truex out of the race. Not Chase from like from second to twentieth in like the snap of a finger. So how is it that the second race at Darlington, Chase Elliott gets put into the wall? I mean, first it was Kyle Busch, now it's Martin <laughs> Truex Jr. I mean, just I mean that one was. Definitely just a slight job gone wrong and not listening to the spotter. But you could tell after the race, that post-race interview, Chase wasn't happy at all. Oh, no. God, no. But so what I don't understand is Truex came out like, yeah, I thought he gave me some space. Man, you have 20 laps to go in the first round of the playoffs. No one is going to let up and give you space. Like, how long have you been racing? You should know this by now. Yeah. Right. But... Kevin Harvick ended up winning. He has like eight wins this year, I believe. Ended up yeah, that, that was that was his eighth win. Yeah, ridiculous, crazy. But he automatically advances to the round of twelve. You know, we still got Chase is still in the hunt. I think he's like seventh right now. Yep. If, if I'm not mistaken, you know, Denny Hamlin's still in the race. Truex is still in the race to to move on to the the round of sixteen. But guys. Just if y'all aren't watching it, watch it, man. Playoffs started for NASCAR and it's getting intense. But speaking of playoffs, playoff basketball has been something else this year. Let's just say the Heat are eight and one in the playoffs. They've lost one game and also the one seed, Milwaukee Bucks, that they eliminated last night to move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Surprisingly. I, man, I don't know. Watching this Miami team, man, they are young, they are dangerous, and they are hungry. They're they're definitely a quick, both quick teams. But it, it's been fun to watch, man. Playoff basketball ha- has been fun. The Raptors, I'm pretty sure. Last time I saw, they were up in the third, but they're close to the brink of elimination. The two seed in the East, so you can have the one and two seed both out of the East, which. I mean, that's not too crazy, but it's still crazy at the same time. You have the Lakers out west, the one seed. 
you know, struggling out there. They're up 2-1 now, I believe. But it, it, it's it's crazy to think that, you know, your one seeds are are getting knocked out by yeah. by Miami Heat. <laughs> but, guys, before we log off, I just want to give a big shout-out to our sponsors at Hook and Reel. Guys, they're hooking us up. We have stuff coming for our fantasy league, giveaways for the top three. So, guys, keep listening. If you aren't part of the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. If you aren't following us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter. Back Row Podcast 1. Someone already had Back Row Podcast, and Back Row Sports is already taken, so I had to go with Back Row Podcast 1. You know, we'll keep you all up to date on the all the sports world. Follow us on Twitter. Join the Facebook group. We normally go live. We didn't go live this time. We've, we've had, um, it's been a hell of a week, if I, if I yep. say so myself. Sure have. Been a hell of a week. But, guys, I appreciate y'all listening. If you are listening on it, wherever you listen to your podcast, scroll down to the bottom, leave us a review, let us know what y'all want to hear. If you're in the group, let us know what y'all want to hear, and we will try to get y'all, you know, get out what y'all want to hear. We have trivia coming up. Going to give some prizes away for that. We have so much stuff that we are trying to give y'all, the listeners, some interaction with. You know, trivia, you get to come on the show, and we're not going to make it easy. We can't make it easy. (laughs) So, you get to come on the show, we'll ask you maybe like five questions, and we'll figure out if you deserve a prize or not after that. You know, we got our fantasy league, first place is coming on. Possibly last place can come on, too, to tell us why they suck so bad. Even though last place will probably be me. We'll see. But, guys. Hopefully. (laughs) Probably. But, Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for for being part of the the Back Row Sports community. And if there's anything we can do for y'all, let us know. We would love to hear from y'all. If there's any guests y'all would like for us to get on, let me know. We will try to get them on. Let Justin know. We will try to get them on. Or if you can even reach out to them and let us know that you've reached out to them and we can get on. Just let us know. But, guys, for Justin Clark, I'm Wes Medeiros. See ya.